Um, this morning, uh, we have a, a very, I don't want to say daunting task in front of us, but a, a very difficult and tough passage as we look to God's Word. If you turn in Matthew chapter 12, and I want to take a step back before we look at the details, but remind you that Jesus is the King. He is the King. He is not a King. He is the King. And as with any King, uh, some people choose not to uh, bow. They say, I, I won't bow. I don't need to bow. I have a better idea. I will be my own King. I will choose another King. Uh, and in this passage, it's revealed once again that Jesus is the King and that some will not bow to Him. So we look at uh, Matthew chapter 12. I want to read for you the passage that we're going to go through this morning and include the passage we went through last week. If you'd stand in honor of God's Word, I'd like to read to you from Matthew chapter 12, starting at verse 22. God's word says this, Then a, a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute uh, was brought to him, and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man cast out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Either in this age or in the age to come. God, we thank you for your word. We ask for your help and strength as we go through it. Guard our hearts from error. Uh, air in interpretation as well as application. Help us to be encouraged to walk faithfully with you as we spend time in your word. May we hear from you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> as we look at this passage this morning, uh, as I said already, it is a tough passage. And it is a passage where many have interpret it to mean whatever they think it means, uh, regardless of what how it fits in the context. And uh, they have interpreted and struggled with the idea that there's some sin out there or some sins out there that are unforgivable. 
And as we connect the dots there, if there's sins that are unforgivable, then there's a way that I can be outside of God's family, outside of his forgiveness, and so be outside of his love forever. Um, And as we look at this passage, uh, hopefully we'll get there in the end to see uh, how sins are forgiven and what uh, relationship, how can we have relationship uh, with the Father through the Son. Last week we looked at the, the context for this is that Jesus did a miracle. There was a man who came and uh, he had some problems. He was oppressed by a demon and he was blind and mute. And in an instant, as Jesus healed and as he had healed before, he heals the man so that he could see and he could speak. And what an amazing thing that was and how the people marveled and their response to him as they watched this miracle, as they saw what had happened in his life, it was amazement. And they immediately began to push towards, this is the Messiah that they were. So this is who he is. I think this is who Jesus is, the Messiah. As we come before the word of God again, we're going to pick it up in verse 25. And I want to tell you that Jesus responds to the other people. There's a few Pharisees there as well. And the Pharisees response to the very same miracle was one that he is casting out demons by the power of Satan. Uh, A very peculiar response uh, to Jesus doing a healing miracle. A, A very peculiar response, a ridiculous response. And Jesus responds to uh, how ridiculous this is in verse 25. And that's where we're going to pick it up this morning. He responds to the ridiculous line of thinking by this. He says, knowing their thoughts, he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he will be divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? As we look at that, Jesus brings up something obvious, obvious, and and how it didn't make sense what the Pharisees said. And I want to connect this because I think it's important. That's what people are left to when it comes to Jesus, is to make up things that don't make sense, to level accusations that uh, are, are ridiculous. And so the Pharisees did this. It probably wasn't all that thought out. It was just simply, uh, wow, that was an amazing miracle. What do we do with that? Uh, Just say it's of Satan. That's what we'll say. And that'll send everyone into a a tailspin and they'll go, oh, I don't want to be with Satan's people and his followers. Jesus is one of them. I don't want to be a part of that. And Jesus says, listen, think, think. And, and what I want to also point out is I want to tell you that there's more going on in this world than we understand. That, that we have an enemy. We have an enemy. And he, he desires to ruin families and individuals. He desires to uh, cause us to be lost in anxious thoughts, lies. He, he loves for us to involve ourselves in immorality 
And, and as one sin is great, he loves for us to go headlong down that slippery slope of sin after sin after sin that it doesn't uh, matter anymore. And even to the place where we say we are outside of the grace of God, that, that we are no longer being able to be forgiven. We have an enemy. Um, and Jesus speaks to this enemy and says, Look, the enemy doesn't cast out his own demons. He doesn't undo the work of those demons who are out there. He's behind destruction. He is not in free he, he does not grant freedom and relief. When you see destruction in this world, when you see the enemy's uh, the aftermath of the enemy's work, it is not it does not connect back to who Jesus is. It does not connect back to our loving God who loved us so much that He sent His, sa- His Son to be our Savior. And that's what the Pharisees said. You know, this man was oppressed. He couldn't see. He, was, uh, he couldn't speak. And, and Jesus removed that demon from him. And they should have been amazed. But instead, they tried to connect it to Jesus doing evil through the power of Satan. As we look at this, he establishes that it's ridiculous, their line of thinking. And then he also connects, as you look down at verse 27, he assumes that they would understand uh, that he did this casting out. And he says in verse 27, And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? And then he says, therefore, they will be your judges. And, and what had already happened is, is that the Pharisees desired to do this same miraculous work prior to that. And their followers as well. And even some claimed and maybe had because they were following God that they cast out demons. And so he says, well, if I had cast out demons and you connected that to Satan, what about others? What about your followers? Are they too casting out demons into the power of Satan? Jesus connects that if this is the way this goes, if only Satan can cast out Satan, then your followers are doing this as well. He connects their illogic uh, back to them and points out how ridiculous it was for them to share. And then we look at verse 28, uh, and Jesus shares with us what the struggle is that is going on all the time. This is what I share with you this morning, and I think it's easy for us to just uh, see life as a, a bunch of consequences. People do good and good things happen. People do bad and bad things happen. And that's all there is. And you're, you're just a neutral person, and you choose either good or bad, and there's repercussions for that. Uh, That's true to some degree, but to forget that we have an enemy that desires our destruction and a loving God that is calling us to himself uh, is, is just seeing a very small portion of what's happening in life. In verse 28, it says this, but if, but if it is by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
if you if you think back to the response of the people, their their question or their speculation at Jesus' miracle was that he was the Messiah, that he was here. The anticipation and what we'll celebrate at Christmas is that the Savior has come. And it's hard for us to understand this, maybe, because in our families, there weren't generations waiting for the Messiah. In some ways, if we come from an unbelieving family for generations, they were waiting for the Messiah. They were looking for it. They were looking at other things to somehow find meaning in life. But, but now the Messiah has come. And, and what Jesus is saying is, if I have, if I am, if I am the Messiah, guess what? It's good news for you. The kingdom of God has come upon you. It's here. It's now. It's ready. It, it, it's, it's available. I'm standing before you. And then he points to this uh, fact that, that how can someone, in verse 29, or how can uh, someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. What he's saying there is this, that I have authority. I'm the king. I'm the greater king that has come. I am the, the king overall that there, no one can withstand me. There is no place I can't go. There is no uh, house I can't rearrange. Because I'm the king, I am overall, I am stronger than all. I go and I take care. The, the, the picture of this man demon oppressed is that he couldn't get out. He, he couldn't get out of this situation. And Jesus comes uh, in his miraculous healing saying, I'm over that. I'm over that. I can take care of that too. And Jesus says, if it's not from the power of Satan, then it's not. Because that's ridiculous. It's the power of the Spirit of God. Good news. It's here. It's now. It's ready for you. Uh, the Messiah is here before you. And, and I am over all. And as we look at the issues of life, some that seem overwhelming. As I shared with you earlier, there's always stuff going on. Uh, some of you here, here this morning, you say... I can't do it. The The issues of my life are overwhelming. You may feel that way. But there's a king. He's over all. He's over all. And he wants you to be part of his kingdom, part of his family. This is Jesus' wonderful message as he shares with us the good news of the gospel. Jesus shares with us the struggle of that he can enter the strong man's house and he is strong enough to bind. And then he says this, and it's really a key to our passage this morning. Verse 30, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. I want you to hear that. We'll, we'll come back to that. But as he as he talks about his authority as king, as he shows it in his miracle, as he uh, explains that it's ridiculous to uh, connect that to anything other than him being of God. He says this, if you're not with me, you're against me. Uh, this morning, 
I want you to know, I want you to hear that there is no neutrality in this world. There's not a sense where you can kind of uh, say, well, I'm sort of a Christian. I'm kind of a Christian. I kind of follow Jesus. But when I got my own ideas, I follow them. And I don't really believe all that stuff, but I kind of believe some of it. Uh, I'll, I'll do what I want. I'll decide if I'm going to follow Jesus depending on the situation. I want to tell you, that's what the Pharisees were. They were standing back. They were wondering and they were saying, well, if Jesus looks like he's doing what we think he should do, we're in. But when he's taking power away from us and doing something different and making us look bad, we're out. I want to tell you that him being the king leaves no room for neutrality. And Jesus says, you're either with me or you're against me. You're either gathering with me or you're scattering. We'll come back to that. And then he shares uh, about forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin. And when he's talking about forgiveness of sin, he's talking about specifically the sin of the Pharisees. Okay? That they had sinned in their accusation of him. Okay? I I want you to get that. And the question comes up, if they had sinned, is there forgiveness of such a sin like this? And maybe you wonder about that. And maybe you don't connect it to the scripture at all. The only, the wondering that you do is wondering like this. Um, How can Jesus forgive? Will he forgive? Will he cover me? The things he, as he went to the cross, will he cover me if I sin again and again and again? You say, you know, uh, I I don't know that I would forgive myself. I don't know if someone uh, said to me, uh, they they said, oh, I'm so sorry for what I've done. And uh, would you forgive me? And you say, yes, but then you do that again the next day. And then the next day. And then the next day. And you say, "I, I wouldn't do that for someone else. And so I wonder if Jesus would do that for me. Maybe you wonder that this morning. Or maybe for you, it's that one day, it's that one day, that one thing that you did, that one period of your life where you did something so awful that you go, I I just don't know if Jesus will forgive me for what I have done. I, I, I look at myself in the mirror and I can't forget what I have done. And so I, I can't picture that Jesus would forget what I have done either that he would be willing to forgive and set aside? Maybe these are the questions that you have this morning as well. And I hope that as we look at these few verses, you'll gain courage knowing that forgiveness of sin is found in Jesus. So in verse 31, he says, Therefore I tell you, Jesus speaking, Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. You can uh, summarize that verse. You say, every sin minus one. Every sin minus one. And so we'll get to the identification of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and what that was in this case. 
And I, I want you to say to yourself right now, so if I have not uh, committed the sin of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, my sins can be forgiven. If I have not done that sin, my sins can be forgiven. Every one of them. And not just every one of them in, in singularity, like the, the single event, but every one of them combined in a pile. You, you haven't outsinned the grace of God if it is not the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Jesus makes this clear. He makes an a important point that every sin can be forgiven. And that's hard for us to grasp. Because we like to think of ourselves as good. And so we look at people who have sinned in different ways that we haven't done and go, Oh, they're filthy and dirty. and I could never forgive that. And, and then in the honesty of our own heart, we feel guilty for what we have done. And we, we wonder. Maybe Jesus feels that way. Him being sinless, maybe He feels that way about me. Will He forgive my sins? Will He really forgive? Will He really cover me? Jesus makes it clear that every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people. Every one of them. And, and I want to say this. It is not that everyone will be forgiven. It's not that everyone will be forgiven. It's that every sin can be forgiven. Jesus will continue on through the book of Matthew and really the New Testament to speak of, of sins can be forgiven. As we come to Jesus in repentance, as we come to Him broken and humble and say, I made a mess out of this. Would you forgive me? He will. He will. But apart from that, from apart from us going to Him, we will not be forgiven. This is potential forgiveness for everything. So Jesus says that every uh, sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people. But then He says, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Well, what happened? Well, it's a very peculiar situation, very peculiar miracle. And and what is going on there is something that you, I don't believe can happen today. I'll just let, let my own views. This is very, very difficult. Many people have different uh, interpretations of this, but I don't believe this can happen today. And you say, well, why? Um, let me back up a little bit. Uh, there, there are plenty of people who say that this is all kinds of different things. I remember one person telling me uh, that they were in church and they were singing um, and they felt like uh, they should raise their hand because they were in worship and they just felt like raising their hand would be the right thing to do. And they said, I didn't want to, but I was afraid of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit that I would somehow reject the Holy Spirit. So I raised my hand because I was afraid that I would commit the unpardonable sin. That's not it. That's not it. As you look at this situation, it's very peculiar. And you say, well, what's so peculiar about it? Um, well, uh, it was <clears throat> it was a pretty significant miracle, wasn't it? demon-oppressed man. It was, he couldn't see. 
and he couldn't speak. So, so it's a significant miracle. It's not like all the miracles were, weren't amazing, but this one was definitely amazing. It even combined some of the physical with the spiritual. So you have that in there. Who, who did the miracle? Well, it was Jesus, the Son of God. God come in the flesh, standing before them. And so he does this miracle. He, he does it before their eyes. And then uh, you have the Pharisees. You have the Pharisees who were knowledge, knowledgeable in the Old Testament scriptures. They were knowledgeable. These were people who considered themselves professional religious people. They knew the Messiah was to come. They thought about spiritual things all day long. So you have uh, Jesus. You have this miracle being done. You have this accusation being leveled. Despite irrefutable evidence to the contrary... They see it before their very eyes. They know what's going on. And they, in a hard-hearted, in a deliberate way, without repentance, what did they say? They said, it's Satan at work. Knowing that it wasn't Satan at work. They attributed it to Satan. They had personally witnessed the miracles and blasphemy uh, miracles of Jesus and attribute it to Satan. And the reason I wonder and don't think it can be committed today is because Jesus isn't here in the flesh. And that he hasn't done in the flesh a miracle before our very eyes of this magnitude. That we would be able to see that and then in a hard-hearted, deliberate way with full knowledge being able to reject that. Let's talk about rejection for a minute. Because this is important. Uh, it, it's not that sins can't be forgiven. It can't, it's not that they can't be forgiven. Okay, uh, That sin at that particular time, he says he can't be forgiven. But all others can. What about the sin of rejection? And you say, what, what sin of rejection? The rejection of Jesus. The rejection of Jesus. The God who came to earth, sacrificed his life so that he would be the only way of salvation. And you say, well, does that mean that all will be saved? No. No. Your, your temporary rejection of Jesus, if that's what it is today, can be forgiven. But I want to tell you that window is closing. That window is closing. As every day passes if you reject the grace of Jesus, that, that opportunity for your sins to be forgiven is closing. And at the point of your death, it will be done. And just because you look at the scripture and he says, you know, all these sins can be forgiven does not mean that you will be forgiven. It means that you should cry out to him for mercy today so your sins can be forgiven. Jesus makes a point of the finality of this in verse 32. Uh, he says, And whoever speaks the, a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. 
He speaks, he separates the Son with the Spirit, and he says, if you speak a word against the Son, that can be forgiven. Uh, you say, well, how does that work? Well, uh, that works that even John the Baptist was wondering if he was the Messiah. Uh, there are times where we wonder of who, who is Jesus. and what, But that can be forgiven. But the idea that you would see clearly the work of the Spirit and the Son in a miracle that you would reject that, he says, that will not be forgiven. The permanent rejection. And this morning, I, I want you to know that this isn't the idea that we are vacillating for eternity, but that we need to come to a saving faith in Jesus today. Jesus is showing himself as the king over and over again in the book of Matthew. And he asks the question in our passage this morning.
Um, this morning, uh, we have a, a very, I don't want to say daunting task in front of us, but a, a very difficult and tough passage as we look to God's Word. If you turn in Matthew chapter 12, and I want to take a step back before we look at the details, but remind you that Jesus is the King. He is the King. He is not a King. He is the King. And as with any King, uh, some people choose not to uh, bow. They say, I, I won't bow. I don't need to bow. I have a better idea. I will be my own king. I will choose another king. Uh, and in this passage, it's revealed once again that Jesus is the king and that some will not bow to him. So we look at uh, Matthew chapter 12. I want to read for you the passage that we're going to go through this morning and include the passage we went through last week. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from Matthew chapter 12, starting at verse 22. God's word says this, Then a, a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute uh, was brought to him, and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard 